listeners of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Our goal here is to completely indoctrinate you into a whole new way of thinking called common freaking sense. We want you to join the cult, drink the Kool-Aid, or whatever other negative crap you've heard. Jump in. We'll help you. It's what we're here for. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. And, of course, the phone number here is 888-825-5225. You have stepped square in the middle of a Baby Steps Millionaires theme hour. What that means is we're going to take questions from millionaires this hour only. And we always have to help folks with that because people are apparently confused. They took... uh, economics from their Karl Marx indoctrinated college professor. And so we have to explain to them how this wealth thing works. Uh, Here's the way it works. Net worth is how you become a millionaire. It's not your income. You can make a million dollars a year and not be a millionaire. A millionaire by definition, it is an accounting definition. It is not, you don't get to make up your own definition. This is the only definition is What you own minus what you owe, assets minus liabilities, equals your net worth. When that number is greater than a million dollars, you are a millionaire. Well, I don't feel, I don't care how you feel. It's not a feeling. It's a math entry. I I don't think anybody ought to have that kind of money. It's not a moral construct. A million dollars is not enough. It's not an economics lesson. It's a number called net worth. When you reach that, you are by definition a millionaire. Now, we can discuss the other parts of that if you want. But in the meantime, let's talk to people who actually achieve the milestone of becoming a real millionaire because people out there inquiring minds can want to know. They do. They do. Phone number 888-825-5225. We're going to talk to real millionaires, not your broke brother-in-law who votes wrong. We're going to talk to people who really did this stuff. Mike is in Woodstock, Georgia. Mike, what is your net worth? Eleven million. Boom! Roughly. Wow! And uh, give me a little breakdown on that, dude. So I've got about five million in real estate. Uh, my split of the business I own is about five million right now, roughly. And then I've probably got another million in rough assets between cash and uh, I don't really do stocks or anything. So that's the rough numbers there. Very cool. All right. How old are you? 28. Holy. Wow. Wow. And how much of this did you inherit? None. Zero. You did this from nothing by 28 years old? Yes, sir. Whoa. Okay. So what's been your range of income since you started working to your best year? It's kind of hard to judge, but I would say starting at 18 was probably my lowest year, around 80,000. And then my best year would probably have been last year was a little over $2 million. Okay. Good Lord. What do you do? I own a uh, property restoration company. Oh. Specializing in water damage, mold remediation, fire damage, construction. A lot of it, too. Uh, yeah, a lot of it. We have two locations. so. Wow. You guys are doing some volume. Good. We Good are. for you. Wow. So are you a college graduate? I'm not. I'm a dropout. Loud and proud. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. So you were in college, though. What were you studying? 
I was studying whatever made my mama happy. She was, <laughs> the, first to, she was the first to graduate of our family. So, yeah. and now, and now mama's not happy. You're just highly successful, Zal. Oh well. We're we're past that now, but okay. there's there <laughs> multiple years of uh, you're not going to make it. I love it. Okay, oh, so what was uh, what was your GPA? Do you remember in high school or in college? It was always above a 3.0. I'd say average is about 3.5. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Cool. Floating, floating by. Okay. So like there's an 18 year old out there listening that shows us over TikTok today, um, and so he might actually get some real information from you. Because you actually did this from 18 to 28 in 10 years, went from 80000 to $2 million income with an $11 million net worth, uh, removing mold and mildew and water damage and doing a lot of insurance work, I suspect, mm. on volume. What yes, do you sir. tell that 18-year-old the secret to your net worth is? Where did it come from? Well, it came from my stepdad, who's actually a gigantic fan of you, and he, he kind of put this in me at a young age. And so when I hit my successes... Um, I, I, my big focus was, I don't know how long this is going to last. And I, I need to pay off debt. I need to get ahead. I need to make sure that I set myself up for the future and it's addicting. And it's just like you talk about. And when you knock it out and you put it behind you, um, it, it really allows you to do a lot more investment type things like I've been able to do with real estate. Um, but I would say the biggest thing is, is you don't have to have a college degree. You got to have a work ethic and you need to make good choices, choices that will help you in the future, not punish you right now or punish you later. What kind of good choices? What does that mean? So when I started my business and took a risk, um, I took just enough money to pay my bills and pay my mortgage and my car payment and all the normal stuff. Okay. So choices were your good choice was you didn't consume everything you made. You plowed it back in immediately. And I got my first distribution and I put it all down on my house, mm-hmm. the house that I bought when I was 18, 19, and I was able to have it paid off by the time I was 23 years old, wow. 24 years old. Fantastic. I want to ask a question on choices. You're a yeah. 3.5 in high school. So, I mean, you've got, obviously, intelligence. You didn't slack off, but you dropped out of college. At what point did you realize that you wanted to do the work you're doing now? And did that play well, I- into you dropping out? It certainly played. It certainly played into dropping out. Um, I realized I had a good gig coming out of high school. I started at the very bottom at a restoration company at 16 years old, um, and I found it fascinating. It seemed like the owners did really well, and I wanted to be in that position. And so I worked my way up to project manager, general manager, vice president, so on and so forth. And um, I was doing really well, so I kind of told my mom, you know. I'm doing great. I, I want to jump jump out. And mm. it was the greatest decision I ever made. If I wouldn't have had that there, I may not have taken that risk, but it was a calculated risk. For do, sure. you, do you love what you do? What kind of emotion would you attach to your work? I love what I do, um, and it, it consumes a lot of my life. My mm. biggest struggle is making sure that I have a work-life balance because I got a lot of people that look up to me to lead this ship. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be good every day. And mm. so that's a good pressure that keeps me going. But yeah. I very much enjoy helping people. And I very much enjoy being able to take care of the ones that, that support me and support this business. Wow. Mike, you're an American hero. He Small business is. is the backbone of America. 28 years wow. old with an $11 million net worth. That's fascinating. He's Exhibit A, the study. 
the largest study of net worth millionaires ever done by Ramsey Solutions, said that 96% of these kind of people, like Mike, love their work. Yep. And he loves what he's doing. For I, ha- people. I hate my job. I hate my <laughs> boss. I hate my company is not a formula to wealth. <laughs> That's right. Hello. This is The Ramsey Show. Listen, everyone needs ID theft protection. It doesn't matter your age, how much money you have, or where you live. We all worked too hard to build our personal and financial reputations to have some thief rip them to shreds. Trust me, it's an absolute nightmare if you become a victim. But wasting money on overhyped, expensive plans doesn't make sense either. That's where Xander's ID theft plan comes in. They've bundled together the services you need at pricing that can't be beat. Whether you're looking for monitoring that includes your home title, VPN encryption, unlimited recovery services, or stolen funds protection, you'll get that and more at great value while dealing with people you can trust. I've seen these guys in action, which is why I have Xander's plan for my family and our entire team. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282 to get protected. Save money and stay ahead of the identity theft nightmare. Ken Coleman Ramsey, personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose, the career expert around the uh, Ramsey personality bunch. He's my co-host today. This is a Baby Steps Millionaires theme hour. We're talking to real millionaires, not broke people with an opinion on TikTok, real millionaires, what did you do? Who are you? We want to learn about you so we can be one of you. That is what America is saying to you. If you're a real millionaire, call us at 888 Marsha's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Marsha, welcome to a Baby Steps Millionaire's Theme Hour. What's your net worth? Hi, Dave and Ken. It's so nice to talk to you both. My net worth is $1.29 million. Good for you. And give me a little breakdown on that. Sure. I've got $740,000 in retirement between 401k and a Roth IRA, Roth IRA, $350,000 in equity in my house, and the balance is made up of just liquid cash and other non-retirement investments. Good for you. Well done. How old are you? I just turned 45 last month. Cool. And how much of this did you inherit? Well, the only thing I've inherited so far is just some knowledge and good old-fashioned walking around since, but there's been no money. No money. Okay. That, that's, well, you, got, you, you do have an advantage just the same. Because uh, if you got walking around since, it's more than most people got. So there you go. This is true. Yeah. So uh, your range of income, your best working year to your worst working year. Yeah. When I first came out of college, my first big girl job was making $31,000 a year. And I'm currently making between one hundred and sixty-five and one hundred and seventy thousand dollars, depending on how bonuses and profit sharing works out. What do you do? What's your career? So I am an insurance claims professional. I work in a technical space for a commercially commercial property and casualty insurer, mm-hmm. and I'm currently uh, in a leadership role, um, leading other claims professionals. Four-year degree. Yes, uh, a four-year degree in finance. In finance, okay. And your GPA when you were in school? It was probably about a 3.0 or a 3.1. 
I've okay. kind of put that behind me, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I have tried to forget mine because it's a two point nine seven, <laughs> and I'm really pissed off about that three one hundred of a point <laughs> still forty years later. But I think it had something to do with beer. I don't know. But yeah. the um, anyway, yeah. So way to go, way to go. Mm-hmm. You're single. It sounds like. I am. I've never married and never had any kids. I am a one-woman band, Dave. I love it. Good for you. Well done. What do you tell a young version of you, 25 years old, that's listening? Can she do it in America today? And if she can, what should she do if she wants to be you? Yes, she she absolutely can if she wants it to happen. If you want it to happen, you can. Um, I think the one of the biggest things is finding discipline. That was something that was difficult for me in my early 20s. Um, you know, fo- find, who do you want to be? Decide who you want to be and follow a proven plan and a process to get there. Also, finding contentment, just enjoying and being happy with what you have. You don't have to buy all the big, happy, shiny things. Those will come in time, but just learn contentment with what you have. And also, I think a big thing, too, is discernment learning discernment with the company you keep. You are who you hang around with. So if you want to be a fool, hang out with fools. If you want to be (laughs) successful in life and live a rewarding life, find those that are successful and have a rich, rewarding life and keep company with those people. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really deep. You know, uh, I think a lot of people listening in are wondering, what did you do? And to to be intentional in that last statement, to to put yourself around the right people, who were you seeking out along your way? Well, I wanted to find people that lived a life that I aspired to have. I mean, not unlike a lot of young 20 people, uh, single people, I like to go out and have a good time. So I was running with a crowd that was just living day to day, having a good time. I decided this is not who I want to be when I grow up. So I need to find other people. So I sought out people who were successful in life, not only with wealth, but had a fulfilling life and decided that I want to model myself after them, see what they're doing um, and be that. What's the biggest money mistake you've ever made? Oh, man, how can I count the ways? So I would say the biggest one was probably when I purchased my first home. It was, I think, around 2006 or 2007. I was not financially prepared for it at all. I didn't have any money. I had debt. So I took out one of those subprime loans, an 80%, 20%. So basically, yeah, the second high interest, um, the the 20% loan was variable. So when interest rates went up, um, but I fought through that. I paid it all off myself. Probably another big mistake I made was um, purchasing a new car. Um, But you live, you learn. And I think part of life is learning grace too. give yourself grace, allow yourself to make a mistake. Just don't make that same mistake twice. There you go. I like that. Try not to compound the dumb ones. I love it. Well done. Well done, hero. Proud of you. Melanie is in Las Vegas. Melanie, what's your net worth? Hi, Dave. Absolute honor to talk to you. Um, my net worth right now is uh, 1.8. Cool. Give me a little breakdown by category on that. Uh, it's a mix of uh, retirement accounts between my husband and I. Um, that would be how much? Have, uh, retirement accounts? Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Uh, mine, I actually break it down every six months. Uh, mine uh, in July was about 307000 mm-hmm. uh, My husband's is uh, about 266000 Okay, so about five, um, about 600 between those two. All right, what's the other 1.3? Yeah. Um, we have uh, college accounts for our kids, about 180000 and 529s for them. 
Um, we have property uh, valued ab- about 900000 Um So that's our m- main house, and then we have a rental property as well. And then between bank accounts and other taxable uh, investments, it's about 200000 Okay, very good. How old are you? I'm 44. Good for you. Okay, and how much of this did you guys inherit? So um, we actually own a business on the side, which, which I don't count in my uh, in my net worth currently. Um, but that the money that we used to open that was inherited from my mother in law. How much? I you know I don't know. It's a no, it, how it's much a did you inherit? Oh, um, it was about two hundred thousand. Okay, all right. So that helps you guys in this net worth. Although that particular use of that two hundred is not calculated in this one point eight. No, sir, because I don't know exactly how much the business is actually worth. Gotcha. Okay. And your best year of income and your worst year of income since you started adulting? (laughs) Uh, Well, I am a service member, so my worst year of income was when I first came in uh, about 25 years ago, so maybe $30,000 a year, if that. All right. Uh, And I would say the best is now, um, between my husband and I, we make about uh, $250,000. Good for you. Good for you. And which branch do you serve in? Uh, the Air Force. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Oh, okay. thank you. It's uh, my pleasure. Uh, Air, have uh, you got a four-year degree? Uh, I, we do. My husband and I both have MBAs. Okay. And what was your GPA in your MBA program? Uh, mine was probably about a 3.6. My husband probably about a 4.0. Okay. Very good. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Um, what's the biggest mistake you ever made with money? The dumbest <laughs> thing you ever did? So I actually have... Uh, Two things, actually. One was really big. One was really small. When my husband and I were first starting out, we were first married. We didn't have a lot of money, and we had saved maybe $1,000, which was huge to me. Uh, and we got taken by a door-to-door encyclopedia salesman, and uh, we ended up paying $1,500 for a set of encyclopedias, which I have had for 25 years. You're not years old and- <laughs> enough to buy a door-to-door encyclopedias. You must have been 12. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. But, a lot of people yeah, don't even know what that is. <laughs> Wow. Well, I still have them. And, oh, I bet. Uh, yeah, they have made many moves with us. Yeah. So, yes. The other money mistake was um, we purchased a home in California while we were, when we were stationed there. And we had some, I wouldn't say it was bad advice, but we trusted some folks that were older and had money. And we thought they were smart with money. And they told us to kind of weather the storm. We bought our house in California in about 2004, and we moved from California to um, Las Vegas in 2007. So it was about that, you know, right around the market crash. Um, and we should have just sold the property, but we in, we decided to weather the storm, and we held on to the property for about a decade, and we took a, a huge loss on it uh, over the years. We couldn't rent it for what the mortgage was. Ouch. That hurts. Bad real estate deal. Number one mistake. Good job, Melanie. Way to go, hero. Ken Coleman, Dave Ramsey, it's a Baby Steps Millionaire's Theme Hour. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. This is a Baby Steps Millionaire's Theme Hour. We started doing these theme hours, which led to a research project, the largest research project ever done on millionaires in North America. We ended up studying with airtight, controlled research technique over 10,167 millionaires. We came to some very interesting conclusions from that research. It informed us some things we thought we knew that we didn't and uh, really had some numbers that were kind of mind-blowing when we got into it. We did that, and we started this hour because I kept hearing from all the hope stealers, the uh, angry leftists, 
that America is dead. You can't become a millionaire in America today. It's impossible. Uh, you know, it, we, we must have anarchy. We must have Karl Marx sitting on the throne of communism because the little man just can't get ahead. All millionaires today in America have inherited their money. You've heard that, right? All millionaires have some kind of privilege. You've heard that, right? And it's basically victim speak from hopeless people. And it's really, in one sense, it's angering, but another because it's defeating other people's hope. But uh, in the other sense, it is um, it's sad. It's pitiful to live a life that thinks you're stuck and you can't win no matter what you do. People like me, we can't get ahead. The neighborhood I grew up in. You're always going to have a car payment. You can't be a student without a student loan. Eeyore is my spirit animal. I mean, you know how these people sound. None of them sound excited. There's never any crispness or sparkle or passion in their voice. It's always like somebody's dragging them around behind a car when you're talking to them. Oh, it's bad. And all the rich people... And all the people in the other area of the country and all the people that are a different color and all the people that are a different sex and all the people. Oh, shut up. Really? That's just wrong. And the data proves it's wrong. That's why we started doing these to to introduce you to real millionaires, uh, because they're from every area of the country, every age group, every level of education, every color, every background, Cajuns to hillbillies to African-Americans, to um, Chinese immigrants. I don't care. You just name whatever group you want to name. We find millionaires in them, and we find victims in them, and we find hopeless people in them. You know, it's like I, I, I never forget, Ken, the one that the first time it blew my mind, when I first started doing this years ago, I got a speaking gig in New York City, and I had never spoken. I mean, I primarily spoken around the South, so pretty much, you know, uh, Gomer Powell goes to New York to speak, right? <laughs> and so, Shazam, you know, and it's like, <laughs> well, golly. Well, golly, would you look at all I them people? help myself. And so I go up to New York, and I, I'm in this huge ballroom, and I speak to this group of about 2,000 people, and I had books, and I, I'm signing books at the end, and it looked like the United Nations. I mean, you've got, and of course, New York City is a melting pot. You've got everything, right? It looked like any possible uh, background or mix of backgrounds, right? And so I'm signing books, and I'll never forget this lady came up to me. She goes, you don't, you don't understand. Like, what I don't understand? She said, well, you know, the people like me, we, we all, all my people buy new cars. And I'm like, uh, that's like everybody. What are you? And she said, I'm Puerto Rican. And I'm like, it's not a Puerto Rican disease, baby. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> that's not unique to Puerto Ricans. Right. <laughs> it's like, but she had figured out that Puerto Ricans all had to have new cars in her mind because she was Puerto Rican. Isn't that funny how we do that stuff? And that's why we do this hour is mm. to defeat the kind of mythology, the tapes that we play in our heads that give us an excuse to not go leave the cave, kill something, drag it home and freaking win. No excuses. No. K-Tuan is with us. K-Tuan is in Houston, Texas. Hey, K-Tuan, what is your net worth? Uh, right around 2.1. Nice. Good for you. Okay, and give me a little breakdown by category. How much retirement, how much house, and so on? Uh, retirement, probably 650. Uh, mutual funds and other investments outside of retirement, probably 600. 
uh, about sixty in the five twenty nine for my kids. Uh, real estate right about seven hundred, um, and then another seventy or so um, in angel investing. Cool. How old are you? I'm forty. Good for you. And how much of this did you inherit? Zero. Zero. And your best working year income and worst working year income? Uh, best, uh, right around 300. Um, then worse uh, was when I first started out of college, about 32K. Okay, cool. What do you do for a living? I'm a solutions architect. Okay. A what kind of architect? Solutions. Solutions. Art- like as in digital? Yes, as in digital. Okay, so a digital architect. In the okay. Space. All right, cool. Uh, you got a four-year degree? I do. In uh, in what? Information systems or something? What? Yep, in information systems. Got it. Okay. And your uh, GPA? Uh, I think it was like 2.5. Okay. All right. Good for you. All right. Cool. Uh, it, can this still be done? The uh, 20-year-old version of you, uh, you know, poking around on the whole digital space, lots of opportunity there. Can they become worth 2.1 by the time they're 40, or is America dead? Absolutely. Absolutely. They can um, probably even faster. Um, there's so many opportunities out there for sure. I agree with that. Uh, what would you tell them the secret is? Um, just really having a plan, um, budgeting, um, and understanding where you want to go and driving towards those goals. Yeah. I'm curious, was there a fast forward button at any point for you in this journey? Um, I think the only fast forward bu- uh, thing was anytime I did get a bonus i never spent it i just mm-hmm. used it as an opportunity to invest wow how many times would you say you did that over your career got the bonus and then compounded it by investing it uh i've probably done that over the last 10 to 12 years for sure wow that adds up quick doesn't it for sure that's mm, kind of like living on what you make and throwing the bonus to the gravy yep yeah that's go. i like that plan mm-hmm that alone will stack up cash, obviously, $2.1 million by the time you're 40. Congratulations, man. So did you, you grow so up around wealthy people? We were just talking about the different people groups. What would your, what would your tribe be? Uh, probably lower middle class. Okay. Okay. And what would you – I'm curious. Sorry, Dave. Oh, uh, go ahead. What, what would you say contributed to the mentality? That changed you to yeah. be able to do this. You broke your family tree, man. Yeah. Um, I think what contributed to it is just understanding that um, and thinking and learning about money in a new way. Um, I guess it was always just an interest of mine, but just taking the time to learn about it, to understand how it works and how it grows um, really became an interest of mine. So I dug deep into it and and started doing everything that I needed to do to make that possible. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's not really a big mystery once you dig into it, right? Very true. Yeah. Sadly, it's very basic. Yeah. Hey, man. Good job. I'm yeah. proud of you, Hero. Awesome. Excellent, excellent job. Robert is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Robert, your net worth? $1.4 million. Good for you, sir. Give me a little breakdown by category, please. So retirement, 724000 House is worth 350000 Have non-retirement investments of 172000 I have a health savings account. It's got 48000 about uh, twenty thousand in cash, and Dave, I've got about a hundred and forty thousand of things with wheels, tires, motors, and jet drives. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He's a gadget guy. I like him. Absolutely. All right. How old are you, Robert? Fifty-nine. Good for you. And how much of this did you inherit? 
Well, in 2021, uh, my mom passed away, and our share was about 300000 Okay. But I had just barely become a millionaire at that time. So you were already a millionaire before you got this? Yep. So uh, don't let me put words in your mouth, but I think I hear you saying you're not, you did not become a millionaire because of inherited money. Correct. It enhanced the program after you were already there? Yeah, absolutely. You're the man. You're the man. Can it still be done, Robert? Absolutely. Just got to follow the baby steps. What's your career? Your means. I'm a doctor. I'm a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist. All right. Obviously, that's your degree. What was your yep. uh, What was your GPA? Well, Dave, undergraduate, mm-hmm. not all doctors are 4.0. It was 2.0. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry, 2.8. 2.8. All right. 2.8. Right. Yeah. Yep. You're right there with me, brother. Right there with me. I love it. Congratulations, sir. Proud of you, hero. Another millionaire in the books. This is a Baby Steps Millionaire's Theme Hour on The Ramsey Show. Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie chips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear, and that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. It's a Baby Steps Millionaire's theme hour. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host uh, spoiler alert, guys, the research on millionaires, the airtight research, the methodology was so pure and so good on this research that if you disagree with the conclusions of the research, you're what's known as wrong. Okay. In other words, these are facts, data-based facts. They're not feelings from your Karl Marx induced college professor. Okay. These are actual facts. 79% of America's millionaires inherited precisely zero. 5% of America's millionaires inherited a very small amount, like $5,000 from grandmother, but not enough to make them mathematically a millionaire. It was an insignificant small amount, but they did technically get an inheritance. Another 5% inherited money that was substantial like that last caller or caller before, no, the last caller, uh, after they were already millionaires. So did not become millionaires because of inherited money, but enhanced their wealth after they were already millionaires. So let me help you with that. 79, zero, five small, five after. 79 plus five plus five is 89%. That's nine out of 10 of the current approximately 15 million millionaires in North America became millionaires not because of inherited money. Do not let people tell that lie in your presence because when they tell that lie, they are spreading hopelessness. They are stealing hope from people. 
Because if you know that nine out of ten of America's millionaires started with nothing and became millionaires not because of inherited money, that should give you hope that you too can do this. Then the only question is, how did they do it? What are the best practices? Well, a lot of them followed the baby steps. These days, I've been teaching this stuff 30 years. I mean, 10 million people have been through Financial Peace University. You'd think a few of them would get it and turn out to be millionaires. Well, a bunch of them got it and turned out to be millionaires. I also want to mention that 96% of net worth millionaires enjoy their work. They're not quiet quitters, Dave. And I had Tim Smith, who did letter research, pull some more data for me. Of the 96%, uh, so that's only 4% didn't enjoy their work, the 96% actually had a higher net worth to the tune of 58% higher net worth than those in that 4% who didn't enjoy their work. Oh, he, he parsed the, par, the data out. Wow. Even more. What tells me that doing something you enjoy is the key to working harder and longer in that more sacrificial time, more creatively, you're getting promoted more, you're putting your best output out, which means you're getting rewarded for the output. So we don't want to miss that side of it. The baby steps, huge chunk, living on less than you make, the discipline piece. But you have greater discipline when you actually enjoy showing up, and you also get better results when you enjoy it. And, and all we, of that started, gets we also found, okay, what are the top 10 careers mm-hmm. fields that people picked out? Uh, number one, engineer. At the break, we met a Baby Steps right. Millionaire's engineer. He's a Baby Step Millionaire. Met him at the break, at the commercial break, just a minute ago, sitting here in the lobby. Engineer, 45 years old, okay? Um, that's it. I mean, number two, accountant. Mm-hmm. Number three, teacher. Yeah. Well, I don't agree with that. I don't care if you agree with it. You're wrong. The number three most occurring career field was teacher. Mm-hmm. Number four, business executive, whatever that means, could mean anything. And number five was attorney. Yep. Doctors, medical doctors, didn't even make the top five. What do all five of those people have in common? It took us a little while to figure this one out. They all are process people. They have to follow a series of principles. If you're an engineer and you don't follow the principles, the bridge falls down. If you're an accountant, you don't get to be creative. There's accounting principles. You follow those. Creative accounting is called embezzlement. You go to jail. Okay? You don't get to be creative with your accounting. That's right. Teachers follow a system, a lesson plan, a series of testing to create the desired outcome. Business executives, obviously, following best practices. Attorneys, you got one way you can conduct yourself in front of your honor, the judge, or he'll put your butt in jail for contempt. You don't get to make up stuff in the courtroom. There's a process that the law requires you abide to, or you lose the case. These are process people. And so when it came to money, they found a process and they submitted themselves to that process, they didn't try to go, well, I don't know if I agree with that. I'm 18 years old, and I watched a TikTok video. Well, don't be stupid, okay? Don't be stupid. It'll cause you to be broke. Mm-hmm. Instead, you go, I'm going to figure out what the freaking process is, and I'm going to follow it. And that's what causes people to be millionaires. Yep. And they do it over and over and over. Today, we've got a property restoration guy, a big uh, entrepreneur guy, insurance claims, mm-hmm. process, Air Force, try fly, flying a plane different than you're supposed to fly it. It's called crashing, right? 
um, a digital guy. I mean, a dig- information systems guy. You, you know, syntax. When you start writing code, you got one slash out of place. The whole thing bo- bo- buggers up. Doesn't work. It has to have it perfect. There's, you have to follow process, right? Same thing, all the way down the dadgum list, right? And today is today is the examples followed it, and we didn't set these calls up. We just put it out there. If you want to call in, if you won the lottery, we'll put you on here. But you're not normal, as millionaires go. If you inherited ten million dollars and your uncle owns a hotel chain, that's great. Uh, but but you're not normal. We'll put you on here because we want to hear your story. All right, let's get one more in before we run out of time this hour. Timothy's in Phoenix. Timothy, what's your net worth? Hey, Dave and Ken. Uh, my net worth is $1.1 million. Good for you. And give me a little breakdown by category, retirement, house, so on. Yep. So we have about four hundred k in a house. Uh, we have about six hundred k in um, retirement investments, about fifty k in stock options, uh, another sixty k in a 529, and then around forty um, k in savings. And then unfortunately, as I'm in school right now, about twenty nine k in debt. How old are you? I am 38. Good. And um, how much of this did you inherit? Uh, I wish I did, but nope, nothing at all. Nothing. Okay. Your best working year or your worst working year? Income. Best work, uh, worst working year was probably about 25K. I was getting out of school. Between my when I got married, my wife and I, I think the best uh, was about 270, but we averaged about, I'd say about 160 throughout our, our marriage so far. And what's your career? Uh, I'm a nurse, um, and I'm in the, uh, army reserve. Ah, thanks for your service. Mm-hmm. You're obviously your degrees in nursing. And what was your GPA? It was a whopping 3.0. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Way to go, man. Congratulations. Can this still be done to a 38 year old? You're a 38 year old. You're talking to an 18 year old, 20 years younger than you that's thinking about being a nurse. Can they be a millionaire? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, for me, what we did is it was it was simple first. we my family never talked about money. And so what I did is I realized, hey, I want to learn about this. So I educated myself. That's something any, anybody can do. Your books help tremendously in that. Um, then I worked with my wife. you know, we're a team. and then we created goals, and we prioritized the things that were important for our marriage and our life. And once you create a goal, you just back plan. And you realize that just by doing the same thing consistently that you've planned out all of a sudden and you're a millionaire or you've accomplished some other goal in your life that's important. So it's a hundred percent doable. Um, it just takes those elements. Absolutely. Way to go, Timothy. Proud of you, hero. So Ken, uh, nobody inherited money. Nobody no. became a millionaire because of inherited money. Uh, nobody had a 4.0, uh, one husband did, but mm-hmm. not wasn't on the phone. Uh, the GPAs were all right around three, mm-hmm. uh, which is typical. We find that uh, you don't have to be a genius to be a millionaire. You do have to have some brain matter. Like we don't get <laughs> 1.5 right. GPAs, okay? Uh, but the a lot of 3.0s, 3.1s, 2.97s like mine. Quick you know. thought on this, Dave. Uh, what we heard the theme this hour was they learned about money. Yeah. They figured the process out, and you were talking a lot about process people. I want to make this point to all my non-process brothers and sisters that are listening and watching. You don't have to be processed to be a millionaire, but you can follow our process. That's where we come in. The Baby Steps is the process to become a Baby Steps millionaire. We're here to help you, so don't freak out. Follow the plan. Live from the 
from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, host of the Ken Coleman Show, number one best-selling author of the book, Paycheck to Purpose, our Ramsey personality that works the most on careers and jobs, is my co-host today. We're going to talk to you about your life. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Caleb is in Richland, Washington. Hi, Caleb. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello. Thank you guys for taking my call today. Sure. What's up? All right. So me and my wife are 22 years old. Um, We're going to have a baby next year in the end of March. Congratulations. Um, Thank you very much. We're going to move to Tennessee next year in the beginning of July. Um, I'm a, I'm currently a route service representative, um, and my wife is an office coordinator. Our income right now is about 75, and once we move to Tennessee, if I stick with the company, our income will go down to about 36. I also do online fitness coaching on the side. Um, I would like to have that as my full-time career. Um, but I'm not sure if I should continue doing that whenever I move to Tennessee, still do my full-time job and hope that it works out and turns into something that will provide for my family or if I should switch careers, go to college and um, find something different. How much money are you making right now in the online coaching business? I'm about $200 a month, so still currently in the beginning stages of it. When you um, say, I don't have how, how long have you been doing it? Um, since the beginning of this year. Okay. So I wouldn't even call that. I'm going to be very kind, but I want to be realistic. I mean, you've got a lot to learn before we can even begin to have a serious mental conversation of, okay, what must be true for me to go full-time into this? you got to keep testing this and You could have delivered pizzas two nights a month and beat this. Yeah, this is, this <laughs> is not a business yeah. right now. This is something yeah, you've correct. tried and it's not working. So let me step yeah. out of this for a moment and say, anytime you've got a side gig and you're wondering, what do I do uh, or when should I move from full-time job to side gig? It's when the side gig is paying you the same amount of money or pretty darn close to the same amount of money as the full-time gig. And I like to see three to six months of salary inside gig bank account. Now, that's just my starter advice of that's what must be true for you to move into this online fitness coaching but uh you've got a lot of work to do and and so So i'm scared about you going backwards in tennessee why would you go why are you coming to tennessee and taking a back yeah moving backwards um so if our if i were to stay in the company um they pay less than what i'm making here so it's strictly based on location i can make commission um but and you're you're running a route you said correct yes for who what do you do for unifirst so we go to companies and um provide them with mats and uniforms and oh uh, okay cleaning products yeah okay all right so so you have an entry-level bad job and when you move to tennessee it pays even less correct yeah okay all right (laughs) I don't have any college experience either. Why are we moving to Tennessee? Um, To go with family, basically. To go with family? Yeah, so uh, my wife's sister and brother-in-law are already over there, and her whole family, including us, are kind of doing a 
mass exodus out of uh, Washington to okay. Tennessee. All right. Well, let's address the school issue because this is the default okay. for most people. Well, do I go get a degree okay. so I can make more money? And I'm not sure that you can afford to go to school. Do you guys have any debt at all? Um, ten thousand dollars in a car. Okay. How much in the car? Um, ten. Ten. Oh, the ten is in the car. I thought you said ten thousand and the car. Debt free. I mean, de- no, debt no, on no, the car. Sorry. Yeah, hey, the, let me ask you this, Caleb. 10, okay. Um, okay. you guys are twenty three. Ken, um, in my mind, I start thinking about a new baby coming, and I got a little bit panicked. If I'm him, yeah, I got to go make some money. Like yeah. this just got real. This yeah. adult thing. And, uh, and I'm going to be in a state that's unfamiliar. I'm making a move after the, and with a brand new two month old, three month old baby at that point. Um, I would first probably, if it's me, I'm just going to go figure out a way to make the most money in the shortest period of time first. Yeah. Then second, I'm going to try to figure out the, what I'm supposed to do long-term and move towards that. Yeah. That's where I was going with all these questions. You need to get settled and settled is I got to be making $75,000. Uh, yeah. is you know, or and you don't or need a degree change our that. life, and so we get in Tennessee, get in the zip code, we get a job or two jobs, my friend, or three, or three to take care of mama and baby, and we want to again not go backwards financially. To be honest with you, this cost of living is going to be way less anywhere in Tennessee, I would guess, than most places in Washington. Do your homework right. on cost of living. Don't just make a move because well the brother and sister in law are moving, so we're going to go. And if I and I'll just be honest with you, I wouldn't move right away if I couldn't move right away. I'll move to Tennessee when I can move to Tennessee, and the can we'll is determined about, by the job. Yeah, we'll have about twenty two thousand in savings. By the time that we move, so we'll be pretty. From fat. where we're going to be rent, um, saving fifteen hundred a month. I thought I, I must have misunderstood your income. Okay, you're making combined seventy five, correct? Yeah, so we're making about five thousand a month, and we're oh. putting. Uh, yeah, so okay. we're putting right. about. Well, here here's the thing. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take some of that twenty two thousand, and I want you to buy. Uh, a couple of round trip tickets to the area in Tennessee that you're mm-hmm. going to be in. And I want you to come We're down, going go, come down and get a job. <laughs> go yeah. get a job. Okay. Yeah. Get a job lined up or two lined up or three lined up. That's right. To where you step into 75000 with a reduced cost of living. It's a net gain for you day one here. And then yes. take Ken Coleman's yeah. materials. I'll give you a copy yeah, of his book. Uh, from paycheck to purpose, and let's figure out what your purpose is. Oh, put let me go ahead and give you the assessment. Get clear. Too. Get the clear. Get clear work assessment that'll help you figure out direction. But again, uh, please don't step into more money, more time, which is schooling. Let's get a job, get settled, get stable, get baby here, and then determine direction, and then figure out the plan to get to where you want to go. That's exactly right, Dave. Right now, it's too much, too many moving parts. He's young. There's time. But let's be smart about this. So the, the, the thing, Caleb and others, we want you to hear is knowledge is important, mm-hmm. but knowledge that takes you to where you want to go in your career mm-hmm. is vital. Sometimes... That means going back to school. A lot of times it doesn't. Vaguely, in air quotes, go back to school as the solution to every income problem seldom works. That's correct. Don't do that. That's like escapism. 
You're escaping reality. I'm going to go hide on the college campus and not have to deal with the fact that I don't know what the flip I'm doing. That's right. It's like signing up for basketball camp if you want to go to the NBA. <laughs> One does not guarantee the other. And so we've got to be smart about this. Ooh, that's that's harsh. That's harsh right there. <laughs> I'm dealing with the reality. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is our co-host today. I'm your host, Dave Ramsey. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Andrew's in Salem, Oregon. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave, how are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Hey, I have a, I want some advice. You know, I'm a 23-year-old uh, family of four. Uh, my wife is a stay-at-home mom. I have two little kids. And uh, I have some money Say I've been saving for the last, you know, six years. And I, I work a full-time job. I make about, you know, a little under $100,000 a year. And uh, I'm on the track to even grow some more. And we're just, my wife's going to college this, this winter and it's fully paid for. We don't have any debt, but we really want, we're really anxious to get into a house, but we want to know if it's a good idea to, you know, go and look for a house now, or if we should just wait until my wife is out of school and start our looking bend. So, when she's out of school, will she go to work using the degree and increase the family income? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So that she would change the equation a... on that would change the equation on what house she would buy based on her new income and out of school. So would it it sounds to me like I'm going to wait till she's out of school cuz I can get a different house. Yeah, uh I guess Yeah, cuz she's going to be a dental uh hygienist. So her school is all paid for. I we just no. Really, I'm talking about family, we, I'm talking about how much you want to spend on a house would change if you had more income. Correct. Yes. Yes. So I probably yep. want her income in the equation before I pick out a house. House. Okay. And we'll, I mean, we we just have this lump of cash we're just sitting on. I mean, we have it in investment accounts and stuff, mm -hmm. but what what would be a um a better solution on making more i'll than just sit just on it with, just just make sure it's in a high on. yield savings because you're going to use it in within two years dude yeah yeah you don't sure. you don't want to play with this money because you might lose it 
Mm-hmm. We, we won't just sit there. Let's let that golden egg let it let it hatch. Okay. Yeah, put it in a good right, high yeah. yield. Sa- a good high yield savings right now, paying five. I mean, you can get that, but yeah. um, you know, that you're not gonna get. Uh, uh, I mean, you don't need to be, be trying to. Yeah, let, let the the main goal is get a house when she gets a job, and we don't want to mess that goal up by putting this money at risk. Yeah, there's a temptation, uh, Andrew, to feel like I'm wasting my money by renting every month and I'm not getting any ROI on this, and that's just simply not the case here. And I think what you're going to have to do here is switch your mindset from that to I'm going to get a better house, have a much better down payment with patience. And so put your mindset on that. Patience is not throwing money away. Patience is having more options, better options. Yeah, you're... you're yeah, you're you're going to forgo a little bit of something now in order to get a bigger something later. That's right. It, it's a delayed pleasure thing. Yeah, very good. Nick is with us in Lubbock, Texas. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey there, Dave. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. How can I help? Good to hear. So I'm a sophomore in college, currently 20 years old. I am currently on an academic full ride, so I don't have to worry about paying for college debt, which is nice. And I work two part-time jobs, bringing about 1600 a month. I'm just trying to wonder what I should do as far as saving for the future. I want to put it, I have the $1,000 emergency fund and just kind of want to see what the next steps are and what y'all think I should do since I'm kind of young and it's a little bit of a non-traditional format for people usually at my age. Yeah, agreed. It's not really a baby step thing. What are you studying? I'm studying pre-law and philosophy. I want to go pursue, be a lawyer, uh, hopefully an appellate lawyer, then future judge. Okay. And so you need a lot of money. Yes, sir. That's, that's why I got to start early. Yeah. So, um, we're not doing anything except stacking cash, are we? Yes, sir. That's the plan. I'm sad. Two savings accounts I have the emergency plan. And then I have one that I'm just stacking cash in. Yeah. Try to pay for law school. You, you, yes, you know, the, the fact that you got free college with academics, way to go. Also says you got a great brain, and that's going to help you get into law school. Good. Way to go. Yes. Um, fits right in with your goals. I love, I love yeah, what you're doing. Uh, so what I'm going to do is just do everything I can to pay cash for law school. Yeah, and to that end, uh, what's your GPA right now, Nick? 4.0. See, uh, I want to let you know about something, and, and you can go check me on this. I interviewed a lawyer from the Houston, Texas area. has written a small book on this on my show several years ago. And here's what people don't know. With your GPA and your intelligence, if you get a great LSAT score, there will be law schools all across the country, Nick, that will give you a full ride to get a law degree. But it may not be a name brand school. It just depends. But don't just get sucked into this big time law school that looks great, has a shiny, you know, bells and whistles all over it in the brand name. Be aware that you, at your intelligence level, an LSAT score could get a free ride for law school. Nobody cares, by the way, where you went to law school. So I'm going to point that out. A lot of law students don't know that, Dave, because they think it's about the name brand. Yeah, I I met with um, two attorneys outside counsel on an, uh, on a deal this morning and our counsel, our in-house counsel, all three lawyers, I know where our guy graduated from cause I hired him. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I, I have no idea where the other two graduated from. And let me just tell you, they were brilliant. 
They're brilliant. I mean, the strategy and stuff we came up with, it was like, ooh, ooh this is right. going to be fun. And why'd you hire them if you didn't uh, know where they went to law school? I don't care where they went. I've, I hired them because I found out who they were and the results they had gotten in the type of a thing I'm hiring them to do. Yeah. They know what the flip they're doing. And I, I don't really care where they went to law school. They're brilliant. I do know just in conversation that one of the guys' dad was a law professor at Mississippi. Right. But other than that, I don't know. I don't know where he went. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the deal. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I've hired a bunch of lawyers in my life. I have no idea where any of them went to school. Uh, I've hired a bunch of docs, and I went going. I got a physical the other day. I have no idea where yeah. my doc went and to see, school. See, the reason that this exists, Dave, is because law schools, there's a lot of smaller law schools out there, are just, you know, not as big brain na- uh, excuse me, brand names, but they want sharp men and women like Nick. So they'll give him a full ride so that yeah, they can say, Nick went to our place. Yeah, so go, go. Yeah, and then he becomes an appellate and, and then a judge. You know, I mean, uh, there you go, doing uh, appeals. So, yeah, that's um, – Nick, do do research that out. And so our recommendation is I don't care where you went to school. Uh, if you get to go free and you get a free law degree to go with your free undergrad, yeah. um, there's wow. a philosophy of life, Mr. Philosopher, that you could live with right there. <laughs> I'm just right. saying, way to go, man. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. You're smart. Stack the cash, pay cash, and or get a free ride to law school. That's the game plan. And nothing more than that. You don't need to do anything else. Job one is get Nick through this without damage mm-hmm. and debt. Yeah. That's job one. Because, Nick, you are the best investment that you can make. Yeah. I mean, mathematically, getting the law degree is the best, and, and, and paying cash for it is the best investment that you can make. Yeah. You are about, you can't put money in a mutual fund and get that kind of return. You can't put money in real estate and get that kind of return. You, you know, knowledge that is usable in the marketplace is the best return on investment mathematically. Yeah. Here's a question for everybody watching and listening that may be wanting to go to the path of Nick. Imagine billing hours right out of law school that you can save and invest, not pay debt off with. Imagine, just imagine that idea. And it's all about kick and tail on the LSAT. And that's the bridge. Hmm. Wow. Is that true on the MCAT too? I don't know to... about the MCAT. I only know on the LSAT because I interviewed a guy who just, you who know, did it. Like, yeah, yeah, who did it. Okay. Wow. And by the way, you can take the LSAT as much as you want. Now, you got to pay every time, but that won't break you if you're going cash. So the point is, this is... Does it run an aggregate score? Or? No, it's just like, much like an ACT, SAT. The Best next, stuff. The last time you is took it... Is there a super it, score like ACT? I don't know that, it, but there is a level, and I'd have to look it up, by which you score over and law schools start going bananas with offers. I love it. Love it. Well, there you go, boys and girls. You want to go to school? Hmm. That's it. What we've lied to people in America, we told them degrees matter and where you get them from matters. Neither one matters. What matters is knowledge. Yeah. Not getting knowledge is really bad. Go get knowledge, but it doesn't necessarily have to have a degree, and it sure doesn't need to have a famous name beside it. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Weston and Haley are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? We're great, Dave. How are you? Better than we deserve. Better than we deserve. How are you? Where do you, where do you guys live? We live in North Little Rock, Arkansas. All right. And how much debt have you paid off? $89,920. Dangerously like 90 k Way to go! <laughs> Way to go. How long did this take? It took three years. 
Good. And your range of income during that time? We started $113,000 a year and we ended at $139,000. Excellent. What do you guys do for a living? I'm a registered nurse in cancer research. And I'm a healthcare recruiter. All right. All right. Did you recruit her? No. <laughs> he tried just yeah. recently. Not professionally, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Uh, only with a diamond ring, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just in high school, I may have recruited her a little bit. So. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I love it. Way to go. Very cool. What kind of debt was the 90K? Oh, here's there. So I have, I have the story for you, okay? Okay. So it was my birthday weekend. We're at the lake with our financed boat, our financed camper, financed truck. We only owed 700 on the on the truck. Um but yeah, so we had boat, camper, student loan. I think our couch a was couch. financed. Vet bills. Uh, I mean, we had everything. Um, but the yeah. dog, the dogs in <laughs> yeah, there. Pretty dog, much everything. Yeah, the pretty dog. much everything. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened? Oh, but yeah, so um, a friend of mine called. I'm a car. I love cars. And so a friend of mine called. And uh, at the time, we only owed $700 on our truck. And he called me and he said, hey, do you still want a Cadillac CTSV? And I'm like, well, of course I still want a CTSV. And he's like, well... Who wouldn't? Right? Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, I can't afford one. And he's like, oh, yeah, you can. So it was a good deal. So I had to I had to try to prompt her. And I, On his birthday. On my birthday. Too. So it played in my it favor. Did he, stick, did he stick his little lip out? I did. It was, I did. Yes. My I, birthday. I, dirty. I did. I did. I came and I was like, look, deal of a century. All right. Let me just figure this out. So what did I do? I refinanced the truck to pay for the CTSV. Yeah. Of course. And then a month later, I got laid off. Yeah. So then fact. we had all this stuff going on. Yeah, out. we can make yeah. these payments. Uh, wait, maybe not. <laughs> on my birthday, he yep. got laid off. I did. There's yep. a lot of bad right, birthday vibe here. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. Right before Christmas, too. Yep. Y'all need to stay away from birthdays. I know. Yep. <laughs> so that was kind of the, okay, we, we need to calm down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then how'd you find us? I was actually looking at, after he got laid off, trying to figure out ways that we could save money. So I had a list of all of our bills laid out, and I just kind of thought, oh, my God, if we didn't have all this debt, we could live on one income, and we would be just fine. So then, old Google, I start looking at paying off debt, and then Dave Ramsey comes across, and I love podcasts. So I picked up the podcast, and once he um, got employed and we got income coming in, we, we started all up in February, and we were good to go after that. Just like that. Just so, like that. We just, three years later, we're free. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing. Thank goodness. Got a paid, <laughs> got a paid for CTS now. No. 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 Oh, so that's the funny. So one thing I was going to tell people is that the coolest experiences, so the CTSV is paid off. And mm-hmm. ever since then, we've had two new cars for her but we've only come out of pocket six hundred dollars because you just trade straight across we got a van instead of a ctsv (laughs) now we Uh, had another child we had another baby during this whole process so you went from cool to minivan yeah you made the transition it's the the man van the The man life van life life, baby i might rev it once in a while at the stoplight that's that's all right rachel cruz bought a van because she's got a house full of kids and she spent most of thanksgiving that year trying to convince us she was cool yeah well see i used to hate vans yeah. and then we actually had a loner van and i was like yeah. well, this is actually pretty cool they are it's, it's a very <laughs> it's cool very car sweet. it's just funny to hear people try to convince you it's it, cool, is. But, it is it is great way to go guys i'm proud of you <laughs> thank you yeah, by the way, it's not cool, but it's it's functional. It's let's, just, let's just, cool. it not, right. let's just keep it real. Cool. Let's not dupe future buyers into hey, thinking no. they'll be cool. Hey, look, it has a screen. I know. You got heated seats. I avoided it. That's why I can say that. All right, so here's what I want to know. So you start listening to the podcast. This is cool because... 
you know, Dave's been doing this for a long time, and now we're hearing things like, hey, we didn't pick up a book. We picked up the podcast. I'm curious, as you were listening to the show, whether it be other debt-free screamers or just calls, was there a moment where it really clicked for both of you to where we went, okay, we're, it's game on time? Man, I think that we heard several debt-free screams that yeah. just really resonated with us, and we were like, that's, that's us. Mm -hmm. That's our family, exactly. If mm -hmm. they can do it what's stopping us you know yeah. we can do it we did both read the book though i will yeah. say after we started on the podcast yeah, awesome. well, that's okay you got, you got you got started with the podcast yeah. the book gave you the detail that's the yes. it's, yeah there's total, some total great money makeover for, book yes I take total it. money yeah. makeover yeah. but yeah hearing those people just like us yeah. doing that debt-free scream it was it was kind of a light bulb moment that mm -hmm. we can do it too and i still listen you know every episode and especially when you get people in our age group that have like paid for houses and stuff i'm like why didn't i start earlier you know? yeah. but you're not taught that stuff when you're younger you're just like you know go buy what you want and have a great time <laughs> but cool. now you're now you've proven <laughs> you can make this money thing behave and you'll yeah. be able to do anything you want to do now yeah exactly. yeah it's a whole different so, world what do y'all tell people the key to getting out of debt is um i tell people to have a, a partner that holds you accountable <laughs> 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 no more car, no more car deal yeah. no more car. Um, no more birthdays yeah yeah the really budget. for me budget yeah Budget. It's the budget. I remember our first budget we did. We looked and we were spending six hundred dollars a month on eating out. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. you didn't know because yeah. you're like, oh, seven bucks here, seven bucks there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you know, six hundred dollars later, and you're like, oh. <laughs> and and I'd say communication yeah. too. Um, there were some times during, especially through the student loans at the end, yeah. where um, things weren't going so good. We were really getting burnt out, and I mean, we had a seven dollar over budget, just all out argument when. He knew there I was did. no money in the budget, but he went ahead and spent seven dollars. I did, and you would have thought that it was the end of all things. I did. I threw a, a man-child moment <laughs> that you say I was like, I'm tired of being on a budget. I'm going to spend this seven dollars. But you know, wow. and then I came home with my toe between my legs. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> but it was communicating. You know, when we're struggling together yeah. And, yeah. and saying, "Hey, I'm struggling in this," you know, and let the other person kind of help. And then there were times that the other one struggled, and. Yeah. We would just supported each other. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And then through it, your whole relationship grows stronger. Oh, yeah. Your confidence, Absolutely. Yeah. confidence in each other and in the future gets stronger. For sure. Oh, yeah. Hope. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's we can really, it, it, we're going to be okay. Right. Not yeah. only are we going to be okay, we're going to prosper. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, really, very well done. Good for you guys. Hey. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. We're so proud of you, heroes. Appreciate Thank it. You. you took control of your life, man. You didn't wait on somebody else to do it. You went and did it. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, we've got the Live and Give box for you. It's got awesome. the Baby Steps Millionaires book for you, Total Money Makeover book for you to give to somebody else since you've already got one and have read it, and uh, the Financial Peace University membership as well. Awesome. So I uh, will give all that to you. Thank you for coming all the way over from Arkansas. You want to bring the kiddos in for the debt-free scream? What are their names and ages? This is Jackson. He's six. And this is Taylor. And she's about to be two oh. in December. All right. So how, how, how's she do when her mother screams about stuff? Uh, we don't know yet. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Get ready. Yep. I love she, it. She yeah. might not be happy. All right. Weston <laughs> and Haley Jackson and Little Taylor from Little Rock, Arkansas. $90,000 paid off in three years, making 113 to 139 Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, three two, two, one. one. We're, We're debt-free. Didn't phase her. That's no. awesome. I love it. Very cool. Very cool. 
James, how many debt-free screams do we have on the YouTube channel now that people can access? It's got to be thousands, right? Oh yeah, I mean we have all they're in all our full episodes, so every day they every can go watch but don't them. we have a don't we have a just you can just watch those or you have to go watch the episodes? We don't have a posted separately, no. Oh, I thought they were separate. Okay, so there's thousands, literally. Okay, and you just flip through and you find one because the social proof is there. What they were saying is so important, folks. Yes. You know, the, there's someone like you, mm-hmm. exactly like you, that's done a debt-free screen. We've done too many thousands of them that it doesn't, and that's what he means. See, yeah. when you see someone that that's well, if those people did it, mm-hmm. then that says to you you can do it, right? And that tells you, and that's why we continue to do the debt-free screams. Number one, number two to honor heroes like these who have taken control of their lives but you guys uh, there's a massive catalog of ramsey on youtube uh be sure and check it out Uh, now we're up over a 1.5 billion downloads with a b on youtube alone this is the ramsey show Hey, good folks, Dr. John Deloney here. Listen, the Ramsey Cash Giveaway is back, and you could win the $3,000 grand prize. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway and enter every day. Plus, save 20% on bestsellers like my latest book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, my Questions for Humans conversation cards, and my friend Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps Millionaires. Listen, don't miss these deals. Get 20% off at RamseySolutions.com slash store. Ken Coleman Ramsey, personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Hey, guys, if you've been listening to the show and you're enjoying it, we could use your help. Uh, Literally. I mean, really, we need your help. It changes everything if you will subscribe on YouTube or follow or whatever the method is on whichever podcast platform you're on um, or just tell people about the radio station you're listening to, whatever it is. Let people know. And a lot of people have like a share button on some of the things and you just click it and you send it to three friends and go, Hey, check this podcast out. Check this YouTube guy out. These people over here are making a difference. They're helping people leave a five-star review that helps do the likes and that kind of stuff that helps anything that helps the algorithm on those particular platforms, push our show forward. We know a bunch of you are sharing and subscribing and following because we see your numbers, number one, but number two, we see our rankings going up in every one of these platforms. So thank you for helping us with that. Doesn't cost you a thing. And it's a way that, um, Uh, You know, we're not going to spend like $300 million on a football stadium to tell you we're here like survey or something like that. Excuse me. I got allergies, but the, um, (laughs) but yeah, you don't want to do that. And so, uh, we're not going to do that. We, 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 we're not like that. So, but you guys are our biggest champions to help us move this thing forward. We need to create a crusade in America and have a renaissance in the art of living well having the right career, the right mental health, the right ways of handling your money. I mean, we the people can do better. We don't need someone else to tell us how. But, you, hey, we'll lead the charge if you'll help us. It's that simple. Uh, Kara is with us in Indianapolis. Hi, Kara. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Better than I deserve. How can we help? I uh, currently have a job that works great for my family. It's a good income. Um, I'm just not passionate about it. I've only been there um, about four months, and historically I stay with my job a long time. 
um, I was just offered my dream job this morning. Um, and I am nervous about discussing that transition with my current employer because I haven't been there very long. So how do I go about that? Well, first of all, congratulations on getting offered your dream job. That's not, let's not just cruise past that. How did that come about? Well, I have a history in, uh, cardiothoracic surgical ICU nursing, and I'm now a, a nurse practitioner. And so I, uh, heard about the opening with the surgeon uh, that I used to work with through a friend, and I reached out, and they were really excited that I reached out. And uh, what will you be making are. at the new job? Um, uh, one twenty. And what do you make now? Uh, one twenty-two. Okay. Is there? But I'm guessing there's room for growth here with this new job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Every year, they're they're pretty consistent with making yeah. sure that they uh, compensate you well. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, congratulations. So my answer to this is always the same, and it's really simple. I want you to put yourself in your boss's position, and I want you to, in your mind, you just kind of role play that out. How would you want you to come say, "Hey, listen, I've only been here four months, uh, but I got a past relationship with this surgeon. An opportunity was there. I reached out. It's my dream gig." Uh, I'm sorry to put you in this lurch and, and do this at this point, four months in, but this is an opportunity that I have to take. I mean, that's your reasoning. You don't have to explain that away, but how would you say that in a way that is humble, uh, filled with gratitude, certainly sensitive to the fact that, hey, you're leaving only four months in, but you don't owe them a certain amount of time. What you owe them is your best, and I don't think you'd ever be able to give them your best if this if you turn this opportunity down. And so if you have that mindset, how would you want someone to handle it with you? That's the best way to go because I know you're a person of character and a person did, of class. Did they pay you anything or pay moving expenses or a signing bonus or anything when you took this current job? Uh, no, it's um, a better schedule for my family. and, and No, right the one now, you're in today. I, Oh, what uh, we're saying no, is, are there any strings all, attached? The four the four month old job. Do you have anything you owe them because they paid for yeah. you to move, or they gave you a signing bonus, and now you're going to take the signing bonus and run? Nope. Okay. All right. So you just took a job, didn't cost them anything, and um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm with Ken. I think you just be sensitive to uh, how would you want to be treated if you were them. Mm-hmm. If I'm okay. them. I'm disappointed, but this great lady is going to go. She got something that she likes better. She's going to go do it. There's not a lot I can do about it. So I'm going to be classy about it and say, well, certainly understand. Um, you're going to, are we going to do a two week notice or what are we going to do here? And, um, you know, just be honorable and kind and tell the truth and just be, you know, I think you say out loud, I'm sorry. I did not take this job intending to do this. I, Mm -hmm. this fell in my lap and it's something I've always wanted to do and I'm going to take it. Uh, but it, I do feel bad about the way this worked out and I'm sorry. Yeah, I do. Okay. I just wanted to, was there a more professional way to say that? But that sounds compassionate and professional. Well, sometimes profession gets in the way of people stuff. And, and I love the way Dave said that. I think he gave you a great perspective from the leader's perspective. Just be a good person. And you are a good person. That's why you called. There's a sense of guilt. I get this call a lot on the Ken Coleman Show, Dave, and people feel guilty because they're good people. But if you're not doing anything ethically wrong uh, and you're not doing anything illegal, then guilt shouldn't enter the equation. Well, so you understand. You do. You understand as a human that has good relational skills that you've 
greatly inconvenience someone and actually cost them money. That is correct. Because you you could you know when we put somebody on at Ramsey, it That's costs right. us quite a bit of money to onboard somebody. Yeah. You know, and then and then replace them. Ninety days money. later, they're gone. Yeah. It, it's a it's a net loss for That's us. That's correct. But I also don't want them to stay here if they have their dream job. That's right. I, I, on, on, and the further down the line, though, I don't want to be, as an employer, used. You know, I'm going to take this job and then keep looking. Correct. And all over the place. Anything, right. If I can get 10 cents more, I'm going to jump. Now, that's, I agree that, with that, that. That is a lack in ethics. I agree. And job hoppers are very different. Than, that's not than hopping. This. That's just speculating. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> right. It's, uh, yeah, that, that's a that's wrong yeah. ethically, but that's not what Kara's doing. No, no, no. So, good job. Oakley's yeah. with us in Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Oakley. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, thank you so much, Dave, for having me on. I appreciate you guys. Sure. How can we help? Hey, so I just wanted uh, some insight and uh, wisdom from you guys on how a young couple uh, like my wife and I could best uh, attack the debt that we have, uh, become debt-free with the situation that we're in, uh, and, and ultimately pay off again, everything that we have. How much um, debt do you have? Not about, counting your house. Uh, about a little under 50,000. Okay. And what do you guys make? Uh, collectively about one fifteen, one twenty. Okay. And so if you lived on 70 and made one twenty, that'd be 50, not counting taxes. You'd be out of debt in a year. You follow me? Yep. We got to count taxes. So you're not going to make it in a year. But that's the math. Yeah. That's the math. You got a good sized shovel and a medium sized hole. This is very doable. Now, what do we do? We get on a okay. written budget on every dollar and go to everydollar.com and sign up for slash budgeting and sign up for one of our web, free webinars on how to use the budgeting app to get things under control. And you and your wife sit down. You stop all investing. You take any money you've got that's not in retirement and you throw it at this debt. We're going to list the debts smallest to largest. We're going to attack them with a great intensity a great vengeance like ah like paint yourself blue and wear a kilt right i mean you're getting yeah, after it right you know what i'm saying and so you yeah. knock it in the head you knock it in the head you knock it in the head we're not doing we're not going on vacation we're not eating out we're going to take our lifestyle down to scorched earth and we're going to live on less than seventy thousand, so we can pay off 50 with a 120 income in around a year and you can do that what's your smallest debt uh it would be my uh, actually, it'd be my student loans, about five grand. Okay, yeah, and so you're going to have that done in uh, a little over a month. Boom, one done, and you just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Keep hitting it. Keep hitting it. Keep hitting it. Keep hitting it. And that's the process. So jump on everydollar.com/budgeting and sign up for Rachel Cruz, Jade Warshaw, or uh, George Camel doing a webinar for free. And get yourself into that every dollar app and get this thing going. You can do this. It's called the debt snowball. List them smallest to largest and attack them in that order. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, Ken Coleman. Ramsey Personality is my co-host. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Sarah is in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Good. How are you, Dave and Ken? Thanks so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? 
All right. So my husband and I uh, built a house about three years ago and the equity, um, the value of it has really went up and we have about 625,000 in equity right now. And we're just really on the fence if we should sell and downsize and um, probably get a little bit older of a home and um, pay for cash and have no mortgage. And we just can't seem to get there where we want to we know it's the thing we should do why should you do it i'm not sure you should do it you don't think we should do it or you don't know i don't know i guess it's just had the no the no mortgage what's the what's the house worth Uh, it's probably worth a million okay what's your household income about two hundred thousand it's not out of line so how much is your mortgage i know what's your mortgage balance Uh, what's your balance uh 373 okay you got other investments that are not retirement? I do. Um, and we could probably pay about 60% of it off with our non-retirement money. So like 200000 of the three hundred. Yeah, probably. Yep. And then you got a $200,000 income and you need to knock off $100,000 worth of mortgage. Yeah, I guess so. I think that's what you're going to do. Okay. Okay. Like you're going to be debt-free that. house and everything in 24 months. Okay. Okay. The thing is, we, we, we put an offer on a property about a month ago, and we said if, if they take it, it's meant to be. And, and they said no, because we came in low. Um, and they just came back to us two days ago and said, are we still interested? And so no. it's just... Uh, <laughs> no. Because you're only moving down here because you're having some kind of emotional, like, uh, shame or like, like we're, we're afraid to do good. I mean, why, why are you afraid to have a nice house? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know because I live, I live amongst people 25 years older than me, and I think I probably should go to a different neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know. Because You mean just because you don't feel like you've earned the right to be there? Yeah. You make yeah. $200,000 a year. You earn the right. Okay. All right. I mean, well. I don't. I'm, I don't hear anything you're doing wrong. <laughs> if you don't like the house, I don't care if you move down. But it feels yeah. like you're moving because you feel like. I mean, there's almost like a shame in your language. Yeah, I guess I just feel like, uh, you know, we could get. I don't know, live life faster. I guess maybe we're we're down to our third kid. He's a freshman in high school. We got three years to go. We've already gotten two out of the house, and it. Well, do you want that home. house when the when you're an empty nester? Well, yeah, I think it would be fine. We, okay. Any house I live in, I'm fine with. I we've lived eight houses, and all. I mean, of it's them not. It's not like it's some kind of super. I mean, it's a nice house for a million dollars in Jacksonville, Florida, but it's not like it's yeah. a twenty million dollar house. I mean, you, it, right. you know, it, it. There's a lot of million dollar houses in Jacksonville, Florida. They're all over the place. You know, I mean, yeah. right. What do you mean right. by, you started to give us something, what do you mean by live life a little faster? I don't know. I think for so long we had kids young at age 20, and um, and we've just been working hard our whole life, and it just feels like if we could just not have any debt, maybe we won't have to always be thinking about what we should be doing. All right, that's it. Yeah. Okay, so... So this is you, you, this when is you it. get out of debt, it doesn't give you a pass on thinking, right? I know. But I, know. I actually <laughs> think you don't. The idea of you going hard at paying off this house, 
uh, it's a little exhausting to you. It feels to me like you just want to downshift because you just want to slow your effort and pace and you just want to chill. It doesn't seem like you want the house that you would be moving to. It's like you want what you think that house is going to give your pace. Is that closer to what's going on? A hundred percent. Yeah. On the head. Okay. So that's, that's, that's a little different animal. And I'm not sure again, that you need to sell this, this house to get that. That's yeah. what I would push you. No, on. I, I would what say I'd say okay. twenty four months. You're going to have that in this house. I think so too. Using okay. your mutual funds and your income to knock the mortgage out. That's what I would do. Yeah. Karen is in New York. Hi, Karen. Welcome mm-hmm. to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, Ken. Hey, what's My up? My question is: I started late with listening to Dave Ramsey a year ago, and now I'm sixty six. I only have about one hundred eighty thousand dollars in my retirement and i have two houses i'm still paying for which will be paid off in the next five years and my main objective with money at this point is to have something to leave for my kids so will it be a better investment for me to invest in term life insurance so they get a tax-free payoff or will it be better for me to invest in the mutual funds when i'm not sure how much compound interest i'll be able to accumulate in who knows how much longer i'll live you know insurance insurance is not an investment it's an expense Mm -hmm. you don't make a return on insurance the insurance company makes a return on it yeah I, and and I so, no, you don't buy term, no, you don't buy term life insurance to create an estate. No, you don't buy in life okay. insurance of any kind to okay. create an estate. That's not the purpose of life insurance. So don't do that. Take what uh-huh. money you have and let's get these houses paid off as soon as possible, and let and let's build this nest egg some more. So in seven years, your two hundred thousand, your hundred eighty thousand will be four hundred thousand if you don't add anything to it. If you've got it in good mutual funds, it'll double every seven years. Okay. So I'm it's, so glad it's I called you. yeah. So at seventy three, you'd have four hundred thousand there if you don't add anything to it, and you're going to have the paid for properties, and the properties are worth what? Four hundred thousand each. Okay, so eight hundred thousand plus four hundred thousand, so a million two. How many kids have you got? Four. Okay, so they're going to get three or four hundred thousand bucks a piece if you live to your mid seventies. Okay. Wah. That sounds, I know, really. Why do I want to do this? Why don't I want to spend money on myself? Yeah. But I appreciate you guys so much. You yeah. saved me because I always make ridiculous money decisions. No, I think you've made some pretty good ones. You're doing pretty good. You're doing better than you feel like you're doing, I think. Um, yeah, I think you're going to be able to live an inheritance with the investments that you haven't used. I also do want you to enjoy some of those investments. Um, and, and, you know, because you're under no moral obligation to leave an inheritance you're not a bad mom if you spend all this money and then die you're not a bad mom at all matter of fact you're like the party mom if you did that (laughs) the fun mom (laughs) mom mom mom's going everywhere look at mom look at what mom did now that's cool uh yeah because you've worked your tail off your whole life and you've done a good job you're not hungry well done this is the ramsey show 
All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey Trusted Agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey Trusted Agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Ken Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Fall means football. Ha ha. And changing colors, but it doesn't mean the time for lawn care is over. Neighborly is your source for experts like grounds guys and lawn pride. Download the Neighborly app today and find the trusted pros in your area. Great company, Neighborly. Today's question comes from Gabby in Washington. I'm a recent graduate with a bachelor's degree in health and human services. I love serving my community, and I'm currently with a nonprofit. The problem is I make about $2,000 a month and have student loan debt of about 55000 I have come to the realization that while I love working for nonprofits, it is not going to help me pay off this debt. I really do not want to go back to school, but I would love to move into a higher-paying field. Should I apply to these higher-paying jobs, even if... Uh, even if I only have about 40 to 50% of the qualification, I would love any extra words of wisdom. Well, that's a tricky question because there's a lot of evidence on both sides of the aisle. One side being a lot of companies will put out all these qualifications, but if you're a good candidate that they feel that they can train you and that you've got the core of what they want, they'll hire you. And then there's the other school of thought that you'll never get through the online application system if you don't uh, lie about the qualifications. So my take on this is I, I like to meet in the middle. I think if you've got the core qualifications, you've got the uh, chutzpah to go after it, uh, and you can use the connections you have. I wrote a book called The Proximity Principle. That's what you need. And so if I can make connections – I know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. It could be three, four levels. It could be a direct connection to these organizations that have the higher-paying jobs. I'm going to go about it that way, and I'm going to get around the AI application software, and I'm going to give it a shot. I have nothing to lose. I'm certainly going to do that, Gabby, before I think about going back to school. And again, if a degree is the only way or the best way to get requalified in this case, if you knew a different direction, then yes, but we want you to cash flow it. Uh, that's the only option that we tell people for school. So just going back to get a degree that I can't afford, get into debt to hope to get another job is not the best way to go about it. So I would take that background, the education you have now in health and human services, and it's a lot broader principle. than you realize, then use the proximity principle and yeah. go about it that way. And I think you can get there. Yeah, I think you can get around the lack of qualifications if you get to humans. That's correct. You get your resume out of the stack and get it past the AI screener into the hands of a human. So a guy that I met with three years ago sent me an email this morning. His daughter's roommate. Okay. This is like my cousin's uncle's sister's <laughs> aunt. I was keeping track. Yeah. Right. Okay. Daughter's roommate of your friend. Of a guy I met with three years ago. Yeah, an acquaintance. I have not talked to him in three okay, years. Okay, I, I like this even better. Okay. Okay. Sent me an email this morning and said, my daughter's roommate has applied at Ramsey. Oh. Can you can you help me with her resume? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> I can forward it to HR, to Armando Lopez, our director of HR, and I will promise you that they will look at it. 
but that's that's all I because I don't do hiring here. I haven't right. in, in 15 years, and um, but I, I but you know what her resume from an uncle's aunt's cousin's brother's sister's roommate got into the hands of the director of HR, and he sees it. And now, he's gonna look at we it because it came thousands from you. of applications a month. That's correct. That he never sees. Right. When her application came in the first time. Right. He never saw it. Right. But now it's he's. Does that mean she's gonna get hired? No. No. But you did help. But did she? But I put it. The, I put it. That's in massive. front of someone that can decide now. Right. right? So the no promises. That's but, correct. But she's like ninety eight percent ahead of everybody else oh yeah to at least get a look no question you know you get a look and then it's up to you once you get the look and so that's the proximity principle that's exactly right it's exactly how what you teach and teach people to do you you did did i look at her qualifications no i don't even (laughs) know what she was applying for so but will they look at her qualifications yeah when they interview her for a certain position they certainly will and then will they look at her character and will they look at all the things that we look at at Ramsey before we hire someone? It's very difficult to get to go to work here uh, because we only hire thoroughbreds. We try to keep the donkeys out of the building. Can't win the Kentucky Derby with a donkey. That's right. You so, can get hired at the CIA a little faster than you can here. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like, we working, don't even I don't do like working with crazy. So we've got all these crazy <laughs> screens to keep the crazy people out. I don't want them. I don't want to pay crazy people. That's crazy. So we don't want to do that. So anyway, we've got all this stuff. And so she'll have to go through every bit of that. But you know what? She's way ahead of mm-hmm. where she was 24 hours ago when she was in the stack with everybody else. Without question. That's the proximity principle. And that's how you work around. I don't know if I have the qualifications. Do you have the personality? Do you have the character? Can you get the job done? Do you have the initiative? Are you hungry, humble, smart? As our friend Pat Lencioni says, are you are you going to be an ideal team player that's the title of his book that's right and you know are you going to do these things and then if you got if you can convince the hiring manager of that ding ding all of a sudden the qualifications unless you just simply are incompetent to do the job don't matter as much yeah that's there right you go open phones at 888-825-5225 rashad is with us in baltimore hi rashad how are you Hey, guys. Thank you so much for taking my call, Dave and Ken. Thank you. Sure. What's up? So me and my wife are a bit at a bit of a crossroads with each other, and I'm hoping for some wisdom from you guys. With uh, each Dave, other? I know, with, uh, with each other when it comes, yeah, with each other when it comes to uh, our side hustle. So we're currently at on baby step number two, where we are attempting to pay off our debts uh, so that we can eventually save up for our house and our emergency fund. Okay. Um, but at this stage, we are kind of hitting a wall with each other because she keeps talking about our side hustle. She keeps talking about doing something called Amazon, uh, selling products on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she keeps talking about, like, inv- buying a house so that we can eventually invest in real estate, which I know you've done. So I'm just hoping for some guidance because... I'm honestly at a loss and I'm actually a little terrified uh, about losing whatever little money that we actually do have right now. Okay. Amazon drop shipping, you should not have to invest any money. Is she proposing you invest money into that venture? No, it's not really. It's basically like, how should I put it? In, in what she What she does is she'll go out to like department stores and look for deals on certain products 
and oh, then that's not try drop to shipping. sell it for a no, it's just selling at a higher price. Yeah, that's not drop shipping. She's just uh, flipping. That's she's all that flipping products, so she's going to tie money up in inventory. Correct. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll pass. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, like, so for me, it's like I work full time. I have a full time job which brings us money, and then I have a part time job that brings us money, and I'd rather go to my part time job that actually brings me money rather than sit over there and figure out this, this stuff, you know, figure out, try to, try to find products. And I feel like that's just a waste of time when I can actually devote that same amount of time to going to work and actually bringing in a, a fixed amount of money, a fixed income. And I don't know how to talk to her about that. I don't know how to make her understand. Like, I feel like that's a waste of time. Oh, I think you've said that. It just didn't get through. Right. You told her that exact thing, didn't you? Yes. I, I yeah. mean, I've, that, that didn't go had well, did it? Several arguments. Yeah. No, we've well. had several That's arguments right. about it. No. Yeah. You got a messaging issue. I'll, I'll just quickly say this that, you know, the waste of time, we've already shot that bullet. And so we need to start talking about emotion that you have, the risk of tying up money. Uh, come at it that way, a little bit more logical with some real yeah. emotion instead of calling what she thinks is cool a waste. Yeah, it, it's right. Um, I can't. I, this terrifies me because I see us losing money instead of making money. Mm-hmm. That's different than you're stupid and this is a waste of time. So it scares me because I don't think it's going to work, and it bothers. And I don't know. I don't know how to talk to you about this because I, you don't seem to see any risk with it. But you could buy a bunch of stuff and it sits in our garage, and I, that that scares me. I don't want to do that because uh, I'm trying to work so hard to get out of debt here. Um, if we had some extra money and we wanted to try that, that'd be different. But right now, we're broke. This is The Ramsey Show. It's way too easy to put off making a will. And believe me, I've heard every excuse in the book. But not having the time is one excuse we can kick to the curb right now. Because these days, most folks can make a legally binding will on their laptop between loads of laundry. If you're wondering if you can make your will online or if you need a lawyer, we have a quiz to help you figure that out in less than five minutes. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash wills quiz. RamseySolutions.com slash wills quiz. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Ty and Lottie are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Better than we deserve. Welcome. Good to have you guys. Where do you live? Amarillo, Texas. All right. Bit of a haul over to Nashville. Just a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Good to have you guys. How much debt have you paid off? $582,000. Goodness. (laughs) How long did this take? We started in 2013 uh, and then just finished up here. I think it was in July or August. So 10 years. 10 years. years. Yeah. Wow. wow. And your range of income during that decade? Uh, it was anywhere from 65000 to 114000 I mean, I, we sold some houses, and I sold a business in the midst of that, too, so it kind of had some variation there, too. But, gotcha. Okay. But that was my W-2 income. Gotcha. What, what, yeah. what do you guys do for a living now? Uh, I actually work for the Department of Energy, but before this, I've always traded commodities or traded some type of feed, so mm-hmm. but I just didn't like that. And Actually, I read Ken Coleman's book, and 
decided to t- take a change in life. Really? So, How's right. that working out? Love it. Good. It's a great. <laughs> we're change. on a. We're on a. We're on the thirteenth day of our road trip to get here just to have a vacation and Dollywood and everything. Oh, wow. and come yeah. see you guys. <laughs> yeah, come see y'all guys. Wow, there you go. Five-year plan of a trip right here. There we go. Lottie, what do you do? I'm a stay-at-home mom. Good. Um, we have four kids going on five. Oh, <laughs> oh so. congratulations. Yes. Well done. All right, what kind of debt was the 582000 Oh, we had it all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some of it was just, I, I farmed and run cattle, so I had a lot of farm debt, uh, I had a house, uh, a $50,000 Duramax, man, zero interest. They'll do it every day of the week for you. <laughs> um, wow. I had, a, I had a Nissan car, uh, and we had our house. It was uh, about 235000 uh Tiffany's rings for this young lady. That was, you know, they financed that too. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had about uh, $20,000 worth of student loan that she paid for because she saved money before we got married. So uh, she came into a mess before mm-hmm. <laughs> she decided to take me on. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, I had some some farm debts and stuff like that. And then some. Uh, I also took even a $5,000 trading class to learn how to trade commodities but or trade futures or online. Come to find out you can't trade unless you have money. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a show. It's kind of table stakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I tried was, to tell him. Yeah, yeah. She tried to tell me. Yeah, that, okay. that, that was. I'm going to claim that one's one of my stupid tax right yeah, there. I don't. I don't have any money because I just spent it all on the class that yeah. I, tells me I need to have money. Yeah, I was kind of sitting there about halfway through it, thinking, "Man, I, I this is dumb." <laughs> I think there's something on my shoe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I stepped in it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good for you, man. That's so cool. Yeah. So you went from playa to cleaning up the mess because everything you said there was like I'm, i do everything man oh yeah and it it's was like boom it was and now you're just like boom straight and narrow yeah it really what drove me onto this deal is um uh, for when i first came out of college I, I bought cattle for a major packet company i spent a lot of time in western kansas and there was only am radio over there there was dave ramsey uh i was focused on the family and rush limbaugh that was my <laughs> there's my theology in life and <laughs> i every day i just spend time riding around looking at cattle and listening to you and I basically that started in 2006 and wow. never stopped. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. thank you. We appreciate you being out there. Yeah. Good so. stuff. Okay. So, who decides uh, 10 years ago we're actually going to do this stuff? Well, we we started off trying to kind of cheat it a little bit because no. some people say I'm cheap. I like to say frugal, but um when I saw the price of the envelopes, I was like, we don't need the envelopes. We'll just kind of do it, you know? (laughs) And so after about a year of that and we were still fighting about money, um, we decided we need to take this seriously. Um, You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So we went ahead and kind of got the, um, we lived out in the country. So we just got the at-home study program Mm -hmm. and watched Mm -hmm. through that together. Financial Peace University at home, yeah. Yeah, bought the envelopes, started doing the cash system, set up our budget. Um, We had to do that budget meeting, you know, every month, Mm -hmm. sitting down together and kind of getting that going. Um, So that was kind of the hard part at first. But then once we got the ball rolling, um, we found other things to fight about, but we didn't find about money anymore. (laughs) So... um, (laughs) It just, it kind of made everything organized. We knew what to expect of each other and where we were at. And it just kind of went from there. And like you say, it's just that boring consistency. You just do the same thing over and over and then you see it make progress and it gets really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And it, for her, it just, it was a security thing. Like, I mean, that was one thing that I noticed that really, uh, she just, <laughs> that was the rough part for her. And it, even for me, I, I, I mean, as, growing up as a kid, I mean, my parents, they're they're good people, but we just we had some financial problems growing up. We had bankruptcy, and man, that just that I don't want that for my kids. Yeah, and I want them to know that what we've done as a sacrifice, as a 
as a couple. Yeah. Now you're free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're free. <laughs> you, when you talk about the grass feeling different, there is some truth to that. Yeah, there is a lot of truth to and, it. And that's one of the, I mean, I, I don't know if we, we actually, before we got our debt paid off, we passed the millionaire mark and it was just like, I don't know. I just I think, still don't believe it. <laughs> I, I, kept, I kept looking at the spreadsheet because I was a spreadsheeter before you had the Every Dollar mm-hmm. app and, mm-hmm. and kept looking. I'm like, that can't be possible, but it just... A lot of dedication and a lot yeah. of time. And that was probably the hardest part well, for a me. A decade in, you're 100% debt-free and baby steps millionaires. Yeah, and we just, we, it, it was the consistency. Like, there'd be some times where you're just like, man, I, when does this end? And yeah. But <laughs> there was, if you saw it on the paperwork, you knew it eventually was coming to an end. I, I want you to talk about that. Stay right there, because there's a lot of people that are in the middle of their journey, and they're, we know they're watching and listening. And they feel, they're feeling it today. They're going, I, I don't know if I can finish. Yeah. What did you do? Or what would you how'd tell you keep, them? How'd you keep going? What'd you tell them? <laughs> well, you know, honestly, that one, that was, uh, I'll bring our faith into that one. I mean, God was good to us. Even, I'll admit, when we were, we, we made the least amount of money, we made the most because we were the best with it at that time. You know, more money, more problems type mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where we were as a group, you know, as me and her and, and even the Lord in our life, that's where we really, we had to bunker down and just be, tough and not go oh, you know forget about it we're just going to go on vacation we just didn't do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know you just have to stay strong and it you comes didn't wig out you know yeah it didn't yeah. wig out yeah i think we both got to the point where you you realize you, you make a mess of your life you know and that really god's the only one that can fix it yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's great to have a program and it has great principles in it but if you don't have god um at the center where you can take your mess to him um then the principles only get you so far and so god really was central to our story um <laughs> And got us through a lot of the hard things that we went through. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, and it, it, you know, when you're a person of faith and you're leaning into that and you realize the system I'm using has the principles from his word in the yeah. system, then that tells you also I'm going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I, I got reassurance from that when Sharon and I were walking that out. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I get it that some of you people don't understand, but I don't care. This is what dad says to do. And dad's really smart. Yeah, my heavenly father and that, sometimes I mean, even what he says doesn't make sense and you don't understand than, it i just have to assume he's smarter than me <laughs> exactly i'm gonna go with it because yeah. i i'm not doing so good on my own so yeah he's smarter than me i know that i'm sure of that yeah i've never made a world so i'm pretty mm. sure he's smarter than me. <laughs> right. that that whole that whole you know the the, the uh debtor slave to the lender and mm-hmm. that is i mean I, mm-hmm. I took my first loan out was with the usda when I was nine years old on some cattle and so I wrote my life away at nine years old and I knew nothing else until me and her got married. Yeah. And now the other day, your baby steps millionaire is not a debt in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen on that one. Hey. Now, I will tell you what not to do. Cause you talk about some people are the nerd and, and some are the, the fun spenders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he's definitely more than nerd. And so he, he's a spreadsheet guy, like you said, um, but he would make his spreadsheet and he would bring it to bed and be all excited. Like, oh, look boy. at this. Oh, boy. We got to have some boundaries here. <laughs> yes, you're <laughs> don't a ro- bring, romantic, aren't don't you? Don't bring the spreadsheet <laughs> to bed and show me. We'll talk about that over coffee in the morning. Yeah, I'm thinking I don't want to see the spreadsheet now. <laughs> I could be wrong. Oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's nerdy for you. So he's definitely the nerd. <laughs> I love you guys. You're fun. <laughs> well done. Hey, we've got a copy of the Baby Steps Millionaires book because that's you. Total Money Makeover book, because that's you, and Financial Peace University, because that's you. You can give those away. You can read them, whatever you want to do. They're your, our gift to you. Bring the kiddos up, and let's have a debt-free scream. What are their names and ages? We have uh, Adeline, which is our oldest, and she's 10. We have August at 7, uh, 
And then we have Piper. She's five. And then we have Dax. Uh, and he's fixing to be two in November. And then number, ah, number five beautiful. will be born in March. So. Love it. 582000 paid in 10 years, making 65 to 114. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. You guys ready? Three, two, two one. one. We're debt-free! Yeah! <laughs> That's how they do it now, Morella, boys and girls. Woo! I love it. Our scripture of the day, Exodus 28 and 9. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Robert Frost said, by working faithfully eight hours a day, you may eventually get to be the boss and work 12 hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that true? Oh, my gosh, that's the truth. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. We're glad you're with us, America. Thanks for hanging out. Drew is in San Antonio. Hi, Drew. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, thank you for taking my call, Dave and Ken. I'm really excited to talk to you. My question is, I recently got laid off from a major technology company, uh, actually located in Austin, a semiconductor company, Hmm. and I'm kind of having a hard time with a career change, do I still kind of go with the kind of the tech sales where I excel really well? I've been applying for jobs and I get a lot of like um, responses back, mm-hmm. and I'm just really kind of I need like a clear pathway. So I'm really excited to talk to Ken about this, about where I do with my career, and should I go like get like another you know another certificate like in cybersecurity? I know you were talking about code school one time, Dave. Mm-hmm. Just want to get your thoughts on that, please. Well, so do you want to go into cybersecurity or coding of any type, or is this just more of a, well, I feel like I need another option? What's the want to behind this? Uh, it's the other option, sir. If you could snap your fingers and do anything, what is it? Yeah. If I could snap my fingers and do anything, I, I really want to run my own tech company. I've, I've had the experience for the last, 15 years. Your own tech company. Um, What's the tech company do? Uh, it'd probably be a financial technology app that would be able to help, not similar to every dollar, but just help people manage their money in a more efficient way. And so you've been in tech sales the last 15 years? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, so in your mind, what's the best path forward to get to that place? Is there some experience you're still needing or is it about capital or both? Both. Okay. So I'd be I'd be I'd be charting my path in tech for the experience that I would need to leverage one day for my own company. So that's what I would be thinking about. So is that is, that's not cybersecurity. Yeah. Is that cyber cybersecurity is a complete sidebar to everything you're talking about. Right. Uh yeah, yeah. You just be... pick cybersecurity because there's really stinking good money in it. <laughs> that's right. Yes, sir. You're right, Dave. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that's so here's the deal. You need to be moving forward in the type of tech work that one day you're going to understand well enough to hire people who can do it and develop it. So it's all about experience. So take it back my journey. I wanted to get into broadcasting. So I had to actually start doing small broadcasting gigs. This is a different deal. You can get paid full time for this. So you've got to get in that lane that is going to prepare you to run your own company one day. And quite frankly, you need the best financial opportunity because you're going to be stacking cash for years so that you can launch this company and do it the right way without any kind of risk other than just the cash that you've saved. 
So what direction is that? What is that tech direction? It would have to, for me to be able to, as you guys say, be on a shoestring budget, code the app, and as you would say, Dave, launch this on your card table in your house, making sure it's cash flow system, not going into debt by any means necessary. Yeah, but what's the what is the direction? Is it coding? Do you need to become a programmer and really good at it? Yes, then I would need to code part the, of it. Then that's yeah. the direction. So now back to your initial question. So you don't have to go to a four year school to get this to get the the actual qualifications. Uh, we, Matter of fact, it's the longest route. It's the longest route. So we actually work with Bethel Tech. They train internal mm-hmm. folks for us. I endorse them. They have a fifteen thousand dollar program for Ramsey Show and Ken Coleman Show listeners contact them, have them walk you through the program, and it's a nine-month online program, so you shouldn't do any interruption of income. You need to get a job right now, so go get hired and and get some stability, then sign up, cash flow through a program like a Bethel Tech, and then within nine months, you're qualified and ready to go. We have stories of people that are starting out making $80,000 have gone from making forty five to eighty. And so you can get on a nice track, be making six figures in two years. And now you're on the path to funding your future. So you don't need to go to four-year school here. And we're giving you one option to kick the tires with, uh, but that's what the path looks like for you. But right now, you need to get hired, and you just applying, applying, applying doesn't seem to be working. I'm going to give you my book, The Proximity Principle. You know, Dial in on your relationships and let's get a good job that will take care of you now and then allow you to pay for this next level of certification. Yeah, that's exactly the route to go. And um, But in the meantime, it sounds to me like your current skill set is sales. Yes. And you can make some really good money in and around the tech world in Austin, Texas, San Antonio, Texas, mm-hmm. in sales around tech. All kinds of different sales and all kinds of different tech, for that matter. So, um, you, and that's a way to put uh, food on the plate while you're executing on your small business launch idea. Yes. And learning your code. Yes. All that stuff. So beautiful, beautiful. Well done. Robert is in Grand Forks, North, North Dakota. Hi, Robert. Welcome to the Ramsey show. Hello. Hi, what's up? Hey, I've got, um, I'm not in any, um, super dire predicaments. I'm just kind of trying to make a better life for my family in the future here, Good. I've got, um, I've got some debt on my vehicles right now. Um, I've got a debt on a, a four-wheeler loan that I bought last year. Um, and my house loan, it's really kind of kicking me in the butt here. How can we help? Um, so my vehicle loans, I have total up to about, including the four-wheeler, about $12,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the single income bringer into my family of my what, wife and my daughter. What's your income? Um, I make, uh, 32 before taxes every month, 3,200. Okay. okay. What, what do you want to do? Um, I, I was curious, do you think it would be smart to, uh, pay off my vehicle, my you, vehicle? You have loan? the money? Um, I have about $15,000 complete mm-hmm. in savings between my wife and I. Mm-hmm. So that would leave us about $3,000 mm-hmm. to take care of our house payments, mm-hmm. um, take care of our kid, and mm-hmm. so forth. Well, you work. You take care of your house payment and your kid with that. 
Yeah. You're not using savings to do that. You're using your income to do that, right? Um, it's kind of it's kind of digging in right now because my my house payment just went up a hundred bucks, and so did my insurance. Yeah, but you got car payments and four wheeler payments. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Robert, this will work if you use the money and pay this debt off, and then you get on a budget and you quit borrowing money for stupid stuff like four wheelers. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. It was, yeah. it was a good idea at the time. To no, it was not a good idea at the time. Wheeler. You did not have the money. You're broke and you have a baby and you make thirty two thousand. There's no four wheeler in that. Matter of fact, you may need to sell it. But um, aside from that, yeah. So here's the thing. If you'll get on a budget and you and your wife say, we're going to get out of debt, not just to get out of debt, so that we take our income and build up a nice emergency fund back to 15000 so that we can start investing, so that I can advance my career and make more money, so that we can build an emergency or we can build a college fund for our kids so that we can pay off the house so that we can become very wealthy, outrageously generous and change our whole family tree. If that is what you do after you pay off all this debt, then fine. If you pay off all this debt and then just keep doing life the way you've been doing it, well, that probably wasn't very good advice on my part, but I want you to play all the way through my man. This just starts the journey. It's not the end of the journey. The reason we get out of debt is so that you change your family tree and um, you, you start figuring out how I can make more money, you start figuring out how we can save and invest more money, how we can be more generous, you start figuring out how investments work, and you change their whole way of looking at this world. That If that journey begins with paying off the debt, let's do it. Ken Coleman, good show today. Thank you, sir. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's Ken. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey baby steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.